And one story that always kind of captures my imagination. The streets lost culture. And you're listening to Kerning Cultures. Today we're talking about love and technology. Because let's face it. This is Razan, who you'll be hearing from a lot more in our episodes as a co-host. We spend the majority of our time connected to a phone or a device. And so you can imagine there's a lot of stories to be told of what happens when we're connected. I'm Razan Alzayani. And I'm Hiba Fisher, and you're listening to Kerning Cultures. So today we have something of an epic modern love story um, that takes us from Lebanon, uh, it's Holland, Cyprus, and back to Dubai. This is Alex, one of our producers. And I feel like this one's interesting because it defies continuous odds, distance, culture, war, and visa restrictions. And it all starts on a really unique platform, MSN. MSN? Yeah, do you remember MSN? From what I remember, we would come back from school and continue to talk to our friends that we just saw in school for eight hours of the day on MSN. I used to be on those chat messages too. I, you know, you'd get home from school and go straight on MSN. That was that was that was what you did. So tell us, so tell us about this story. So let me set the scene. Rami lives in Lebanon. He's 19, goes to school, goes out partying with his friends, and is often online. That is, when there was internet, because where he lived in Lebanon in 2005, the internet was really slow. It was basically dial-up. And so he's on MSN one day, and, you know, sometimes you'd get friend requests from total strangers. That was kind of how it worked. And uh, one day I get uh, this uh, email request, like, as a friend to somebody who wants to add me. And, um, and I still remember the email. It was like, sports life. <laughs> At hotmail.com, something. That was your email address. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I accepted, and then the name pops up Natasha. Natasha, whose real name is Marinka. Marinka? Yeah, so Natasha was the screen name she used to avoid weirdos if, if she needed to. And um, like, oh, hi, how are you? Yeah, I would speak, I believe, for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. They spoke for 10 or 15 minutes, but ultimately it didn't really go anywhere. Then I, I remember that I deleted the contact. It wasn't love at first sight or, or chat. Or whatever. <laughs> but I really like this idea that that evening, as they clicked the, the tiny X button in the right-hand corner of their chat window, Rami in Beirut and Marinka in a small village outside of Rotterdam, 2,000 miles apart, they had no idea they'd just met the person that they'd marry. Literally around a year later, I started university in Lebanon, and um, I just needed to have a much more professional email. So he gets a new email address, imports all of his old contacts, and a couple of days later... You know, remember when they just like pop on something just comes online and like suddenly I see Natasha and I'm like, huh? This girl last year? Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? So she was still Natasha for like two <laughs> weeks or so. So Marinka, as you just heard, had two accounts and by total chance, really, at the same time, Rami imported all of his old contacts from his old account to his new email. Marinka logged on to her second account just to check it out. I don't know even why I opened the Natasha, uh, the sport life one. And then, yeah, we just started talking and it, it clicked in some I found it very interesting because he was from Lebanon. I didn't know anything about that country. It was just, it, was, it felt really natural. And it was more or less like, hi, how are you? How was your day? How was school? Uh, what did you do with your friends? Or um, did you go to sports today? And um, yeah, just very innocent stuff. So they, they talk and they talk and eventually half an hour becomes one hour, one hour, four hours. And often in a day, they'd speak for 10 hours at a time. It was, 
It was what their lives grew into. I was always happy and excited when I talked to someone from somewhere else because I wanted to know more about them. And I wanted them to know more about me and where I come from. Because she didn't know, she called me Lebanese. <laughs> Lebanese wasn't even on the subject. <laughs> even at a young age when you just wanted to have an honest and innocent relationship. Because, yeah, young people, you know, want to have a girlfriend, you want to go out. It was all bound by, sorry, we can't be together because you have a different religion. At the age of 14 and 15, my parents will not allow me, my brother will not allow me. And for, for you, you're just at this age where all you want to do is, you know, to, to have someone to talk to. That's why when we talked and talked and talked, I kept seeing a person that is only looking at me. And none of these things matter to them. Little by little, their, their relationship grew. And about three weeks in, they started sharing photos. Eventually, Rami would turn on his webcam. And a little while later, Marinka felt comfortable turning hers on. Yeah, I think you asked me at yeah. some point, do you want to be my girlfriend? Yeah, I would even say right off the bat, like, yeah, I fell in love with her. That's really, really adorable. I mean, I feel that it's teen love trickling its way into adult life, which is really beautiful. But were they ever concerned about who the other person really was? I mean, that's a lot of trust to put in someone you've never met in real life, you know? Um, yeah, so I asked them that. Yeah, no, it's it's true, but on the other side as well, if he was something different that he said he was, I would have just closed my computer and delete my Amazon account or not contact him again. So for the next three months, uh, the two of them talked all the time, grabbing moments wherever they could. Yeah, my friends would go out, do certain things, and I would just stay home on the computer because I had better stuff to do, honest. They would just be like, you know, we're going to go play pool. So I was like, it's weekend, so we can talk all night. So I'm not going out. But their relationship wasn't easy. All of this was happening around the summer of 2006 against the backdrop of the Lebanon-Israeli war, a war which lasted 34 days but had a huge effect, displacing around 25% of the Lebanese population and killing 1,300. It was 34 days uh, alone with my mom in Lebanon and both my father and my brother were stuck outside the country. And uh, we would have around two hours of electricity a day, something like this. And any opportunity to have internet, I think I had like a... 56 kb was like the internet which is you know lebanon we're not gonna say more almost dial up and <laughs> and that would be a problem i would disconnect every 20 minutes i would go on the rooftops in order to get better connection i would have to remove three or four internet from my my friends in the building <laughs> because it was late at night sometimes we're talking at 12 and i'm like okay they're asleep i just go up the you know i just remove three four connections and i would just have all the bandwidth for myself and the electricity would go away and then... Like he gave me a missed call and then I know he was thinking about me or, you know, he gave me two missed calls and then he was like, I'm waiting at the computer, stuff like that. The war ended in September when the UN negotiated a ceasefire between Israel and, and Lebanon. Respect the blue line in its entirety through the full support. And for Rami and Marinka, this meant that they could start looking at ways to finally meet in person. Understandably, uh, Marinka's parents were hesitant to let her fly out to Lebanon. And Rami's Lebanese passport meant it was difficult for him to get a visa to fly to Europe. So after the war was done, like we knew how bad the situation is. And yeah, once you get rejected, if you apply to go to Europe, you need to wait a minimum of six months, regardless of any of the EU or the Schengen countries. Was this only for a tourism visa? Or was this yeah, yeah, tourism, tourism visa. Really? Yeah. They didn't issue it because of the, yeah, what was happening. They were afraid I would go and I would stay there. Their options were thin. They needed somewhere safe, somewhere that Rami wouldn't have a problem getting a visa for. And that was Cyprus. Hang on, hang on, hang on. How old are they at this point? 
So Rami's 20 and when they first started talking, Marinka told Rami she was 18, but that wasn't true. <laughs> and after they'd been talking a little while, she, she said she had something to tell him and that was that she was 16, not 18. And I'm like, oh, so much if I was in Europe, I'll be in jail now. <laughs> <laughs> 20. Okay, but 16? Marinka's parents are just like, okay, I'll just let my child go off to another country to meet the stranger she met on the internet. I mean, did her parents even know about him? My parents would never have let me do that. <laughs> uh, no, his parents knew and her parents knew. Rami had met Marinka's parents on, on webcam a few times and Marinka's parents actually went with them to Cyprus. I was quite not really a rebel, but I had the strong personality and strong mind so I they were really afraid that I would book a ticket to Lebanon and just go and saw him so that was one of the reasons as well they said okay listen they knew that I was talking to him and that I was in love and everything and then they were like okay it's just just make a decision with the family and just let's meet together then under our supervision in Cyprus yeah. so at least it's a safe environment and we will not have you alone with him yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. in the first time because at the end of the day you know they are friends and they want to um, protect me yeah I mean that's totally understandable yeah. it's really cool of your parents that oh definitely yeah and especially in that time but they had something like yeah it's modern worlds why can't you not meet so so it was all settled after 10 months of chatting they booked their tickets and planned to meet in person for the first time on Valentine's Day in Cyprus I mean if I have been talking to this guy online for 10 months straight and fell in love with him, have never met him, but I was talking to him for 10 hours every day, I can't imagine what those feelings must have been like flying over to Cyprus from Holland. It's like I had a conversation with my parents and they were like, oh, how would he look like? And, you know, what kind of person would he be? How tall would he be? Like, you know. So the plan was for the two to meet on Valentine's Day, but Rami decides to surprise Marinka and lands in Cyprus a day earlier. And I had a friend living there who drove me from the airport. It, it was a totally new country for me, and I didn't care. I didn't look anywhere. I arrived, started going down, like, okay, apartment. I knew which apartment the number was. At this point, Marinka is already at the villa that her parents had rented for all of them to spend the week together. And I arrived from the back, her parents saw me, I put my bags, we sit, say hi to them. And at this point, Marinka still had no idea Rami was in the country. And then my parents went in the house and I saw loads and loads of street cats and I'm totally crazy about cats. So I was literally sitting on the ground playing with the cats. So he had already some time to meet my parents and to talk to them. So I think they were talking for like an hour or so and I was still sitting outside playing with cats. Marinka's mom started to call Marinka into the house. I'm like, no, 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 it's my holiday as well, I'm playing with the cats. He's like, come inside. I was like, no, I don't want to, I'm playing with the cats. <laughs> so then suddenly I heard like, okay, I will come outside then. And there he was. It's like everything we envisioned it, it would be. It was exactly the way how I thought and how we spoke. It was missing the touch and the touch just completed it all. So. Yeah, everything fell into place. We wouldn't leave each other's side. I think we were like hugging or holding each other's hands like the <laughs> yeah. whole time in the car, in the restaurants. And we had wonderful seven days together. But it was only seven days. And Rami put it like this. From the moment they met, it was like a countdown had started. And when the week was up, it would be back to uncertainty. Because with everything that was going on in Lebanon and the visa restrictions, 
they just didn't know when they'd see each other again. Yeah. So I remember the way back, I, I think I cried from Cyprus airport until I landed in Amsterdam. Like, I literally cried the whole way. Like, I remember the stewards coming to me like, are you right? So I was like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> so you can imagine how, how hard it must have been. And, and I actually think this is the most crucial part of the story. They'd had this intense online friendship that turned into a relationship that turned into this week spent together in Cyprus. And it was all very romantic. But I imagine when they got back home, there was this cold reality to deal with, like, okay, that was fun, but is this something I really want to pursue? And am I willing to live this really inconvenient lifestyle for the next few years until we can find something more permanent? And keep in mind, they're still super young. At this point, Rami is 21, Marinka is 17. But the answer for both of them to these questions were yes. Over the next year, they made it work. Rami planned a trip to Paris with his swimming team. That got him a European visa for a few days. And then that summer, Marinka's parents let her visit him in Beirut for two months. So Rami started a university exchange that would let him study in Rotterdam. Um, he'd already finished a year and a half at the American University of Beirut. But by moving to Holland, it meant he had to start everything again from scratch. Eventually, by the end of August 2008, everything was arranged for him to move on a student visa to Holland. It must have been a crazy culture shock, because like, going from Beirut... Oh yeah, the, when I arrived there, I went there only with summer clothes. You know, I'm going from Lebanon, it was <laughs> it August. Was so cold. <laughs> Aside from the weather and just the culture shock in general, moving to Holland presented a new set of issues for Rami. He was paying five times what domestic students paid to study, and under visa restrictions wasn't allowed to work. For the first three months, he didn't have a proper place to live, so he was just crashing on friends' couches during the week, and him and Marinka would go home to her parents at weekends. Money-wise was tough. I was, every two to three weeks, I was a guy, you know, with my backpack, sleeping at friends that I just met in college. So it was couches in a, in a 12 meter square rooms, where I sleep on the floor, sometimes literally just a pillow on the floor. And although they settled into their new life together, finally in the same city, it was like everything was just a little bit harder for Rami while he completed his studies. Although he was in Europe legally, it was like it could have been taken away from him at any moment. My first year of education, which is a condition in Holland that you have to pass your credits in order to continue. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll be sent back. So even then, it was still the same logic at the back of your head. I have to do this or I'm out. Because every day I would think about the whole thing as like, it can come to an end, you know, and not come to an end. Me and her is just like me being there, right? Or close to her. And that would just give me, you know, you don't need more motivation to study hard. So after graduation, they decide to get married. And uh, I'm like, so when are we just going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> Called my parents and said, I need this document, this document, this document. Could you please just translate them, like my birth certificate, and send them because they're very important to me. And uh, my father, why? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting married. <laughs> really? Okay, congratulations. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you know, they also need visas and it's not possible that they will get them. I didn't have anything to show for to even sponsor them. So uh, eventually, um, yeah, I only had uh, two or three of my good friends in Holland from my university to be on my side. And Marinka, her, her family were on her side. And uh, we, yeah, I think we were a party of uh, 14 people overall. So we did it uh, on the 4th of Jan, 2012. We, we signed those papers. The guy asked me, how do you say I do in Arabic? And then he asked me that in Arabic. Oh, okay. It was, the pasta did. Yeah, it was really cozy. It was really small. But after graduation, there was no way for Rami to stay in Holland legally unless he had a job. 
Wait, why not? They're already married. Kind of complicated. So let me see if I can break it down. So he can't stay in Holland as a foreigner unless he has a steady contract. And Marinka can't sponsor him as her foreign husband unless she has a steady contract. And it was really hard for Rami to apply for a Dutch passport. After my graduation, I found a job um, because in the town where we lived, everybody knew me. Everybody knew what what we were doing eventually after five years together. And um, the, the owner of a supermarket approached her parents. is like, if Rami is sitting around and he really is anxious, I mean, he can make some pocket money and at the same time he can, you know, you know, just go out of the house a couple of hours a day and work. So I said right away, yes. Uh, worked for six months in a supermarket, knowing that I have a master's degree and a bachelor's degree from the top university in the country. I was cleaning the floor, refilling the, you know, the fridge with... I was just any any guy that you find in the supermarket. It wasn't bad. Uh, I wasn't shy of it. I was very proud of it. It helped me learn the language. Working in the supermarket, he was still interviewing and looking for a more permanent position. After a few months without luck, the two decided that Dubai was a happy middle ground that they could both come to. But even here in Dubai, your visa is tied to your job, and without a job, you can't live here as a foreigner. The thing is just as well, if, if God forbid something happens here, you know, I, we lose our jobs or something, we have to go our separate ways, because for me, to keep him in Holland, I have to have a job and a steady contract and a minimum income, and just to get that in a financial crisis at the moment, in what's happening in Holland, it's difficult. If that doesn't work out, I would have to go to Lebanon. I mean, she can definitely come and live with me. Yeah. But that's not a place that we want to start a family, have kids. And I know that many of the things that happen just happen on the news mm. or, you know, will not affect me personally. But I don't want them to have the instability that I had. I don't have the passport that allows me, if she goes tomorrow to Holland, I cannot be with her on a permanent basis. Mm-hmm. And that scares me. That's crazy, because where can they have a sense of certainty in this world? I mean, it's not Holland, where she's from. It's not Lebanon, where he's from. It's not Dubai, where they're currently residing, because their residency is tied to their work contract. So where can they be? I don't think they know. Um, After all these years, they're still figuring that out. The thing is, we do respect more that we can be together and that we are together and that we are living together. So we do really respect that because, of course, of the struggles we had before. So you really do appreciate the fact that we made it together. So this thing of being physically together, most couples take for granted because most couples meet in person. But when you haven't had that for so long, for Rami and Marinka, that's something that they really cherish, the fact that they can just be together in person. For example, this morning, when it's our first day off, we were awake at seven and our breakfast is just to have coffee, sit together and talk, you know? And this never ends. This is exactly what we do. To us, this matters the most. I think what I love so much about the story is it kind of renews your faith in humanity a little bit. Like, it's just the internet is so, it, it can be so misused in so many situations. But here it's just, it, it, it produced something really beautiful. Yeah, I like the idea. I like the idea of living in a world where things like this can happen because you're not reminded of it every day. Have they ever thought about this, that if and when they have kids, if their kids ever go through the same kind of online dating experience, would they allow them to 
to do it. So we asked them this when, when they start to have children and their and their daughter grows up to be 16 and she's chatting online to a stranger who is living in a war zone across the seas would they let that relationship continue (laughs) that is a really good question um i honestly have no idea i mean you do hear scary stories of course and it doesn't work out all the time like it worked out for us um, yeah, there's going to be some really decent background checks on that part, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? It, it's, um, it's unfair to answer that question because <laughs> you don't know. You want to give people the same opportunity that you had. Okay. But of course, me knowing myself, like I would definitely do a whole online check to see if something pops up. I mean, companies do it these days, so <laughs> I will not stand and say I could have done that. I'll be there all the way supporting, but I will be there to make sure that if um, that, that I have done my job to protect my daughter. I'll definitely be protective, yeah. but I will also, from my own experience, know that a lot of good can also sometimes come from far away. This episode was produced by Alex Atak. Sound design by Ramzi Bashur. Special thanks to Rami and Marinka who shared their incredible story with us. Kerning Cultures is a platform for open conversation, and we want to hear more from you. Do you have any love and technology stories you'd like to share? Let us know by sending us a message on our website, kerningcultures.com, or pinging us on social media. Until next time. Thank you.